The Holy Gospel is according to St. Matthew, the 20th chapter. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into the vineyard. Then he went out about nine o'clock. He saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again at noon, and about at three o'clock, he did the same. About five o'clock he went out and found others standing around, and he said to them, Why are you standing here idle all day? And they said to him, Because no one has hired us. And he said, You also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, Call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now when the first came, they thought they would receive more. But each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landlord, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who bore the burden of the day in the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give you this last, the same as I gave to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, you are always teaching us about the kingdom of God. It is so different from our earthly life. Let us see your love in our lives. Amen. This is one of those parables that the first time you read it, you think, nah, he's joking, right? And then I thought about it, and it's like, well, this parable is sort of like Listerine. You've all tried Listerine. You hate the taste of it, and if you get a little down your throat and you swallow it, it's like, oh, man. But you know that it's good for you in the long run. Fresh mouth, clean teeth. Or maybe the parable's like, a nasty wool blanket. You know the kind. You hate them. They scratch, they're ugly, they're heavy. But if you're homeless, they're a wonderful thing to have. So there's a generous landowner. And he gives a gift to the workers. They all get something. 
In fact, they all get the same something. They all get the same thing, even though they didn't work the same. So what's happening? Maybe it goes like this. Early in the morning, the landowner goes out, and he picks his workers. The crop is ready. The grapes need to be picked. So he picks the strongest workers, the fastest, the fittest, the most enthusiastic. Maybe he knew them from before, and he knew that they would work. So he takes them and goes to the vineyard. But the vineyard is large, and there's lots of work to be done. So he returns to the market. He gets the next batch of workers, and he takes them to the vineyard. And he does it again, and he does it again. And it's five o'clock, and there's still harvest to be done. But who is left? Who's left would maybe be the elderly, the infirm, the inexperienced, those who have injuries or disabilities. Maybe those who are left would not have survived a day out in the vineyard working. But those people, those people have the same needs and desires as those that were chosen first. They want to provide for their family. They want to have a sense of worth. They want to be able to buy bread for the day. But life has denied them somehow. And their work that they do is just staying alive. So what does this parable do to our thinking? What it does is it makes us look beyond what a person can produce to what a person is worth, period. Even the weakest. So Jesus' parable surprises everyone, and it still surprises them. But then there's a response from the workers. Jesus wasn't very smart when he told this story. He should have paid the first workers first and got them out of there, right? And then there would have been no one left to know how much the last group was paid. But that's not the point of the kingdom. The first people saw that they were getting the same amount, and they complained. You have made us equal to them. Even though all of them were day workers, all of them were living from one day to the next, they were a better class 
than the others. So what's the point? The point is, can we rejoice in the kingdom? Some of us have been long-termers in the church. Maybe we saw the steeple go up. Maybe we fixed suppers. Maybe we built a cross. Maybe we built a table. Maybe we wrestled with inclusive language, God being called she. Maybe we painted classrooms. And then some young scumbag comes along, gets converted one week, and then dies the next. And we know, we know that God loves them just as much as God loves us. And we think it isn't fair. It doesn't fit with capitalism. It doesn't fit with the American free market. He didn't pay his dues. He shouldn't be made equal to thus who have been long-termers. We think too quickly in Wall Street economics when Jesus wants us to think in biblical economics. It's that Listerine principle. Doesn't taste good, but it works. We don't like the Bible that way. But in our hearts, we know that it is true, and we know that it is right. The point of this text is the same point that we had last week, and the week before, and the week before. How great is God's grace! How great is God's unconditional love. How great is God's unfailing mercy. How great are the gifts that cannot be earned. And they're given freely, generously, no strings, nothing to earn. We don't have to do more or better in order to ensure that God loves us. Because God loves us completely already. Desmond Tutu says, There is nothing we can do to make God love us more. And there is nothing we can do to make God love us less. It's a strange kingdom. And we say thanks be to God, because it is a strange kingdom. So the good news of this kingdom 
is not for us who are privileged. And it's not just for those who have no work. But it's about a kingdom that needs workers. We need to work. God wants us to work that we all may know the kingdom. So the kingdom of heaven is like this. God seeks us all out and we are all rewarded. We all have the dignity of work. We all have a gift of life and hope. We all have a future and the reward, even if it's only one hour of work. Who are we to be envious? Don't we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Heaven is God's rule. It's a promise that in this market-driven world, there is a promise that we receive the kingdom that we pray for. And that's good news. There's a line that's translated. You, uh, are you envious because I am generous? It actually is translated, is your eye evil because of my generosity? Is your eye evil? Our eyes are the window into our soul. If you want to know someone, don't you look into their eyes? We can fake it, you know. We can pretend. We can change our voice. We can move our body differently. But the eyes... You look at the person's eyes and you see something different. You see into their soul. It might not be understandable at that moment, but you see. You see the truth. You see if something is being hidden. You see into the depth of that person. What is it that we want to hide? What is it that we don't want to reveal? What is it that we want to avoid? What is it that we wished people would see and help us? And the bigger question, what do you see when you look into the eyes of God? What do you see in God's heart? What do you see when God looks into your soul? We see a generosity that is untouchable. But the parable also tells us that we may not like what we see. Why? Because we don't know how to deal with pure generosity. It's 
It's unexplainable. We can't see into the depth of it. How? Why? Why did you give me this? What do I do to give it back? What do I do to make it balance out? But that's not the response. When we reduce God's generosity, then we reduce the message of the good news. We try to measure it. We try to figure out, I've worked more hours than someone else. I'm better. But that's not the gift. The gift is there. The gift is we can't measure it. The gift is a love that changes us so that we all know that we are working only one hour. And we are all getting paid in grace, God's love. And this parable is there to make us think about that. So I pray this week we may glimpse God's grace. Amen.